We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Wednesday, the 16th day of March, the year of our Lord 2022. I am Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? Slow news day, but um, how are you today? Uh, healthy and alive. And as you said, it is a slow news day. Yeah, uh, just slow news day. It is. I mean, is. if you want to hear about Ukraine or, you know, um, oil prices. Well, they're, they're taking a break from Russia and Ukraine because Zelensky, he's giving speeches today. So they're taking a break from that because they, they told the Russians to just stop for a day. So Zelensky can go and give the uh, give the speeches in. I think he spoke to the Canadian parliament today. Got a standing ovation. Every single person that was in the uh, Canadian parliament today was wearing a mask as they were giving him a standing ovation. This is, uh, again, this all seems really fishy when Ukraine is a corrupt country like the government is super corrupt and we're giving them standing ovations now everybody's on board with ukraine a corrupt government that our own government has done corrupt dealings with as well but everybody's giving them standing ovations something does not seem right and even salon the the left-wing salon is saying, uh, are there neo-Nazis in Ukraine that are fighting over there? Well, yes, but it's a long story. I got time. I, I got time. What What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean that you, you mean you've got the, the, the left wing outlets that are now saying this? And by the way, Bruce, do you have your Azov Battalion T-shirt? Did you get yours? <laughs> yeah, I, I uh I, I don't have one of those unless you want to consider well, just a plain black shirt. No, 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 I, no, no, no. I mean, I mean the actual Azov Battalion shirt. If you want one, if you really want one, Amazon's selling them to Prime members. Do no, people that's, not realize that is not out of the Babylon Azov Bee. Battalion. That, is, that is not out of the Babylon Bee. I went to Amazon yesterday in the U.S. and they actually have them. I, I guess they don't understand what the Azov Battalion is stands for, what the logos are, any of those kind of things. It's a very quick Google search on uh, just Azov Battalion. And you see right immediately two of the symbols that they use is neo-Nazi symbols. Yeah, one is literally they took the uh, they took the symbol of the SS Panzer Division from the Second World War from the Nazis and they flipped it. They literally just flipped it around. That's all they did. It's like they they held a mirror up to it. And they said, hey, that's it. That's what we're going to use. That's literally all they did was that. Yeah. And for those that aren't aware, it's it's literally a Z with a line through it. That's that's. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, what um, it is. you'll be happy to know, Bruce, that the uh, the magic money tree is out again. Biden just signed a one point five trillion dollar consolidated appropriations act of 2022, which includes thirteen point six billion dollars in funding for Ukraine. Again, why? Why? Why the funding for Ukraine? Here's the thing. Ukraine is likely going to fall. It's very likely Russia will go ahead and push through and take Ukraine. May take some doing, obviously. Um, Russia doesn't have the uh, military that we were led to believe they had for the longest time. Uh, Do they not really? Or, or is Putin just holding back? Because a lot of people are... Sp I've heard both sides, to be fair. I've heard both sides. Is Putin holding back or does he actually have troubles right now. It, and, and by that, I mean, is he actually reaching out to China as we talked about yesterday? Do you think that's actually happening? Yes, I think he is actually reaching out to China, but I, I think it's more of um, benefiting themselves, seeing what kind of technology they can get a hold of, uh, knowing China has been copying us and mimicking us. Maybe they just want to get a handle on that and, and uh, you know, see, see how it compares to their own hardware. But really... We're driving, we being the West, are driving Russia and China together, uh, which is weird. They're, they're weird bedfellows. They don't, they don't meld ideology-wise. Just, this doesn't make any, like, we're sending over arms and equipment over to Ukraine for the Russians. 
And, and what I mean by that is, is yes, the Ukrainians are going to use it now, but when the Russians inevitably go in and take over, it's just a matter of time. Our equipment is now their equipment. Same thing that happened in Afghanistan. Is Russia actually on the verge of taking the country, though? Do you think that that's actually true? No, I, I don't know. I don't know, because there's a lot of propaganda on both sides, right? We've been we've been examining that for, well, since the start of this thing. And it's almost like you, you have... Um, I, I don't know. What's what's the word I'm looking for? It's almost like you have you have what's really going on in there. And then you have a Hollywood side of things of what's going on in there, if that makes any sense. So you've got the real things that are going on, as in we're hearing reports today. Uh, and this is not the first of this kind that I've heard. If you're an American or a British mercenary and you show up to fight there, the Ukrainians will literally take your passport. They'll burn it and they'll send you to the front with no kit, and no arms. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Of course, you can't hear about that on the TV. Instead, what do you get on TV? You get the Hollywood production side of things, don't you? That's what you get. So I don't know. I don't know. I do know that most of the stories that they were putting out in the beginning was all fake. None of it was real. And now all of a sudden, uh, they're, they're telling the truth? No, I, I don't buy it. I, I don't buy it. You got Zelensky out today. Uh, this is out of the Epic Times. You got Zelensky out today who's offering Russian forces a chance to surrender. He says, on behalf, this is his quote, on behalf of the Ukrainian people, I give you a chance. If you surrender to our forces, we will treat you the way people are supposed to be treated as people decently. He said Russian forces did not expect such resistance, claiming that Ukrainian forces have destroyed as many as 90 warplanes. Zelensky said they believed in their propaganda, which has been uh, lying about us for decades. This is interesting because this goes to two different sides that, that I'm going to pose here. You've got Zelensky that's that's out there saying this, offering Russians a chance to, to surrender. OK, because they did shoot down a lot of aircraft. They did have a lot of anti-air in there that that was supplied by Western powers. Uh, you had in-laws and everything else in there. Where do you think they got those? So you you had that. You did see a lot of aircraft being shot down. A lot of attack choppers were shot down. I don't know about any um, any planes that were shot down. Well, maybe a couple, but I don't know of a, I don't know of any fighter planes that were shot down. Maybe I missed it. I'm not sure. But it also plays to the side of the videos we've been seeing of Russian vehicles just abandoned, doesn't it? So are they really getting pounded in there? Are they taking heavy losses? Are the, are the Ukrainians taking heavy losses? I don't know. I do know that we're seeing a lot of Russian vehicles that are, well, just left on the side of the road, abandoned, with full tanks of fuel. We've seen Russian attack choppers get shot down. We've seen Heinz get shot down. So I don't know. Again, I, I'm just I'm just speculating here. Is, it, um, is Russia actually getting a thumping in there? Or is Putin just holding back? Just real quick, um, the... Casualties inflicted, according to this is whether true or this is just propaganda, I don't know. But uh, Ukraine has killed uh, 13,000 plus personnel, Russian personnel, uh, 404 tanks, 1,279 armored personnel carriers. And that's where I'm going to stop for a second. 1,279 uh, personnel carriers. They the BTR, uh, I believe it's 90 is the Russian BTR. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also a BTRT, which there's been a few of those I've seen, but mostly BTR uh, 90s or, or a variant of that. Those hold 10 infantry. Now, when you take 1,279 armored personnel carriers and you multiply that by 10, you get 12,790. Then you got 404 tanks, you know, the crews there. It almost seems like the numbers are a bit conflated a little bit on on how many they've they've killed and, and captured and all of that. The the vehicles that we've seen on the side of the road, uh, conscripts, you know, um, Russia uses a lot of conscription and those are probably conscripts that um, dump their vehicles. And the vehicles look like there's something from the 80s that haven't hasn't been very well maintained uh, and is, you know, worse for wear. Uh, interior, if the interior says anything about the vehicle. That said, I know the Russians don't really care about their the comfort of their troops, so that might be why the interior looks so bad. And if you if you think I'm being facetious, go and look at some of the the, the tanks uh, that the Russians have. Uh, the crews do not have much room in there. In fact, some of the models of tanks, like you couldn't be any taller than something like 5'6 or 5'7 to, to pilot the thing, because it's just and so cramped. Yeah, and they're not really worried too much in there about comfort either. There, there's no room to uh, to stretch out. There's no padding on seats and some of them, and it's, it's pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. So that said, there is a lot of casualties on both sides. 
I've seen videos of ambushes on military the the Russian military convoys. There's tanks, APCs, logistical trucks, all of that traveling along the road. Ukrainians attack. Uh, they're able to take out one or two vehicles. The Russians then are able to return fire, and it's cannon fire. So um, my guesstimation is they probably didn't make it because those look like HE rounds. It looks like they're putting up a good fight on both sides. But the thing that's kind of, uh, I don't know, telling, I guess, the Russians typically, before they go in and capture a, a city, they do heavy bombardments. They basically beat the populace into submission. They're currently bombarding Kiev pretty heavily. I've seen, like I've said, I've seen video and whatnot of what's going on over there. And yeah, you do see a vehicle or two or three get blown up. But when you look at the convoy, the convoy is like a hundred vehicles or something like that. It okay, so you blew up a couple out of a hundred. I don't know. It it looks like it's doing heavy they're 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 inflicting heavy losses on both sides, but I still I, I'm still my money still on Russia is gonna take Ukraine. I, I, I don't think Russia's really hurting as bad as what's being shown. And the reason the other reason I'm saying that as well, all the media sources are siding with Ukraine, including the sources that I'm I'm getting the information, the video footage and everything from, they're all siding with Ukraine, which means they're more likely to share Ukrainian propaganda. And both sides are are guilty of it. So yeah, I'm I'm skeptical that the Ukrainians are are putting up a, as strong of a resistance as is being said, uh, and the Russians are losing as badly as they are. And like I said, they are only sending conscripts in right now, cannon fodder. Also, I believe there was two journalists that have been killed there so far that I'm aware heard, of. Yeah, I heard about the, uh, there was a New York Times journalist that was, uh, there was he was either injured or he was killed. I think he might have been killed. He was, he was killed. But, uh, there was, a, he worked for New York Times in yeah, 2015. Yeah. And then he, wasn't he was killed and then, yeah, and his uh, partner buddy, I don't know what you want to call him, but um, someone else was also injured. It looked like he was mm -hmm. shot in the either in the leg or in the butt. I don't I don't know, because he was laying on his side um, doing a selfie video as they were working on him. Oh, um, I see. Well, that's a way to get yeah. clicks on Instagram, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the other one that was just killed today was a Fox News cameraman. That I did hear about the Fox News guy. Yeah, uh, that's um, it's it's sad, really. It's a shame. But Bruce, you'd be happy to know that the Russians have successfully put sanctions on Western individuals now, namely people from the U.S. And you'll be happy to know you'll be happy to know that uh, these people are now sanctioned by Moscow. Uh, Joseph Biden, uh, that would be uh, Joe Biden, his son, Hunter, who is the smartest businessman he knows, yeah, the painter, Anthony Blinken. Lloyd Austin. Uh, Anthony Blinken is uh, is our Secretary of State, by the way. Uh, Lloyd Austin, who is our uh, Defense Secretary. This one might shock you. Mark Milley, you know, the, uh, the the woke general we have, you know, the general of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Yeah. Uh, Jake Sullivan, who's our National Security Advisor. William Burns, don't know who that is. Jen Psaki has been sanctioned by Moscow. Dalip Singh, don't know. Samantha Power, uh, that one, well, that one really caught me out of left field, Samantha Power. Um, and this one might shock you too. Uh, Hillary Clinton has been sanctioned by uh, by the Russians. I, I don't know. Uh, I, that's that's pretty harsh coming out of the Russians toward Hillary Clinton because of, um, I mean, she caught him a deal with Uranium One, right? Yeah, but then you had Civil Society 2.0. Oh, yeah. You had the, um, the riots and whatnot that they helped instigate. Uh, so, yeah, no surprise there. Honestly, uh, what does sanctions from Russia on those people entail? What 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 does Russia provide them that they're sanctioning other than barring them from entering the country, which will be dink. I don't think I would go there anyway. Jen Psaki on the sanctioning of President Joe Biden. More on the uh, sanctions sure. were imposed today by Russia against yourself, President Biden, other top U.S. officials. Um, do you have a re response to that? And how will it impact any of you, if at all? Sure. I would first note that President Biden is a junior, so uh, they oh. may, may have sanctioned his dad. May he rest in peace. Um, the second piece I would say is that won't surprise any of you uh, that none of us are planning uh, tourist trips to Russia. None of us have bank accounts that we won't be able to access, so we will forge ahead. Do you want to explain that to me? The whole junior, may he rest in peace thing? What, what is she talking about? Is she talking about Bo? 
I, I guess or whatever. I, I don't know. Oh uh, yes, he did. Yeah. Name. Okay. He he did. Yeah, he did lose a son. Yeah. Like that, yeah which yeah. that's that's tragic in and of itself. No no parent should ever have to go through that, no matter who it is. Yeah. So I guess that's what she's meaning. Unless there's other news that we don't know about. I was there? Was there? Did did Hunter end up in a suitcase uh, when he was visiting? I don't know. Russia. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, he did have the the Russians in the hotel rooms. You know the. He, he did have those. Well, and then there was the, the ones that stole the laptops from him. Not I Notice I didn't say laptop. I said laptops. Notice that's plural. Uh, anyway, moving right along from that. Uh, oh, by the way, I, there was one other. I, before we move on from that, I forgot to mention this one name. They've also sanctioned Justin Trudeau, the, uh, the prime minister of Canada. You know, I'm trying to figure out how is it that the Russians get all the luck when it comes to, to, to sanctioning things? Uh, we're kicking McDonald's out of Russia. We're kicking Burger King Pizza Hut, KFC, Netflix, Instagram, Facebook, CNN, BBC, and Justin Trudeau? As the West, can we not kick one of these things out? Just one? That's all we're asking for right now, just to get our foot in the door here. Can we not get rid of one of these things? We've been asking to get all these things banned for years, and we can't do it. I, I think if I remember right, uh, I was looking at a, um, a graph showing um, the companies that left Russia, or, or at least shut down. I'm wanting to say the KFC had something like 62,000 employees in Russia or something like that. They did have a I, thousand I get, places. They, they did have yeah, a thousand they, locations. They, That's a lot. Yeah, they had it quite a bit. Yeah. I get shutting down and the whole like, I guess what my problem with this is, um, I, I get that you're a Western company, and but those companies weren't servicing the oligarchs. Those companies were providing jobs and livelihoods for... 62,000 individuals, human beings that, I mean, their politics may or may not be for or against what's going on in Ukraine, but they're not the ones that is, that's doing it. They're not the ones that are, it's, it's kind of the same, it's kind of on the same lines of we're not against, we're not against the Chinese people, we're against the CCP, kind of the same with the Russians. I'm not really against the Russian people. I'm against your government. So I'm, I'm torn on those companies pulling out of their, uh, well, and also the fact that that's ESGs. That's this great reset. Well, McDonald's is actually going to keep the, the people on payroll, which is interesting. They're closing all the McDonald's down. But the people that work there, they said, oh, no, 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 we're still going to pay you. That's a UBI done by the corporations and not yeah, by the government. That is a, yeah. And this is interesting today as well. Apple includes the mere payment system to allow cards to continue using Apple ID accounts. So even though Visa and MasterCard have been shut off there, as in like if you have a Visa or MasterCard, you can't process the payments. If you have the mere payment system, even if it's on an Apple device, you can still use your cards through that. Kind of like you can use them through PayPal, that kind of thing. So even if you can't use a, a Visa or a MasterCard somewhere and the company still takes or a, a, an online retailer still takes PayPal, for example, then you can still use your credit card using PayPal as a medium. So I'm assuming that works the same way. So they're finding ways around it is my point. So, I mean, it's it, it's like the, the sanction, the sanctions are just stupid. The, the, they're stupid be, to begin with, because first of all, first of all, they're stealing people's property. Whether you're uh, for an oligarch or not, it doesn't really matter. That is stealing someone else's property. That's what they're doing. That is exactly what they're doing. Second of all, the sanctions are not on Russia, if you haven't figured that out yet. The sanctions are not on Russia. The sanctions are not on the Russian people. The sanctions are on you. That's what they're on. Russia has $74 trillion worth of natural resources that they want to sell the world. The U.S. would be the second nation behind them at around $45 trillion. But we can't explore any of that. That We have to get it from Venezuela. The sanctions are not on them. The sanctions are on you. Russia's got oil and gas. They've got fertilizer. They've got the neon that we need. You know, we, we need neon, by the way, to make chips, microchips. We need that. So they've got all these things. They're going to have all these things. So putting sanctions on them doesn't do anything. The people that are coming up with these sanctions are not sanctioning the Russians. You understand? They're sanctioning you. They're hurting you. They're hurting our economies here. That's what it's meant to do. But in the meantime, they've got all their bobbleheads in the mainstream media around the Western world saying, oh, see, we're putting the sanctions on Putin. We're putting the sanctions on Russia. No, no, they're sanctioning us. So when was the last time we declared war on another country economically? Economically? Yeah. We've essentially Uh, declared war on Russia. 
Yeah, technically, technically, te- technically, and this is this is just this is my opinion based on what I understand of history. Technically, the last time we declared war on another nation economically was the Second World War, and that was Japan. We cut before off their Pearl oil Harbor. supply before Pearl Harbor. We cut off their oil supply. Mm-hmm. We sanctioned mm-hmm. them with oil. We put heavy sanctions on their oil. What happened in a short time after that? Well, most of our Pacific fleet got wiped out. Yeah. So I don't know if Russia's capable of doing something like that. Well, actually, no, they are. They could wipe out the entirety of our Navy if they knew where the location was within minutes. That's true, yes. And they don't have to send a ship one out to get them. Uh, so it's, it's a, you know, warfare is a little different now. But my point is um, either we go all in or we don't go at all. Um, if you're going to declare a war on Russia, all in. Last time we did this, it didn't go well for us. Otherwise, sit down and shut up. That, that, that's, uh, quit, quit getting involved in other situations that don't involve you. Um, that's kind of my, my uh, I, I, that's what I would rather happen. I would rather, I don't know, NATO, who was originally created to combat a, a Soviet Russia, maybe, uh, maybe you go deal with it and America stays out of it. That, the that Europeans, yeah, the Europeans are just kind of sitting there at the moment. They're not really doing anything. Oh, they might pay some lip service to it. Like, oh, Macron and, and Scholz or whatever had a call with Putin. So what? So what? Neville Chamberlain, that useless individual for the UK, he hopped on a plane and went over and talked to Hitler how many times, flew back and said, oh, I've got a guarantee, guarantee of peace, blah, 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 peace in our time. And guess what happened after that? So don't give me this crap about, oh, we're talking. No, no. I'll tell you what you have. In Europe and in the United States and in Canada, well, in most of Australia and New Zealand as well, we have spineless, gutless cowards that are in political office. That's what we've got. You have no one that has a spine or a backbone or even any wherewithal to understand what's happening, let alone try and step up to the plate and deal with it from an authoritative standpoint. They don't know how to do it. None of them know how to do it. These are chicken-necked little cowards that come from the institutions, the universities. They were handpicked because they wouldn't question anything and they would do what they were told. No one will stand up because they don't know how. They've never had to. So does that answer your question? Yeah. Also, w- with this, the other, the other issue that's happening is because of these economic sanctions, uh, the countries that do business with Russia uh, and China both, are looking at, um, well, you know what? Russia has sanctions and we can't really trade with them. So, hey, China, what, what, what ha- would you be all right with us using the yuan as the uh, trade dollar, you know, the reserve currency to bypass these sanctions? Yeah. Uh, both India and Saudi Arabia are in talks right now of, of doing just that. Now, for those that aren't aware, what happens when the United States, you know, the USD, when our dollar stops being the reserve currency, you know what happens to uh, our currency's value? Not just the value, but even if the value remains the same. Okay, let's just say that for the sake of argument, which it won't, but for the sake of argument, what ends up happening is all of that currency that's overseas, that's sitting in banks right now, that's like 80% of the currency overseas right now is sitting in a bank. If all of that currency is then return to the U.S. because it's no longer the reserve currency. They've exchanged it for the yuan. So it returned to the U.S. Um, you've just flooded the U.S. market with a crap ton of USD. Do you know what they, happens? They can't offload. They cannot offload yeah. at all. If it, it, So what ends up happening is all of that money then is chasing few products because we're not making our own and you have hyperinflation overnight. It, yeah, it's just instantaneously. You, you go to get gas and it's no longer $4 a gallon. It is now $40 a gallon, $400 a gallon. I mean, uh, we don't know where it stops. We've printed 120, 140 trillion within the last 12 years that we know of. Uh, you could see 300% increase in prices. That's if you're lucky. But hey, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's okay because uh, are the Cowboys playing this week. That's fine. Yeah, that's, that's okay. The, the NFL draft is coming up this week. See, that's what people are focused on still, by and large. They're still focused on that. I don't understand it. I, I do not understand it. You can't it. afford any of it uh, with, with hyperinflation. You can't afford no. any of it. You're not going to be able to afford your cable or satellite TV anymore. You're not going to be able to afford uh, whatever, you know, your $1,000 iPhones, which, by the way, China just shut that down. 
Actually, no, China didn't shut it down. Foxconn shut it down, which is the company that makes the iPhones. That production has stopped. Did you hear what I just said? It has stopped. So we, we've, we've heard the stories about uh, the, the sweatshops there in China, right? Yeah. So the same people that are changing their Facebook uh, profiles and adding the little Ukrainian flag or adding the Ukraine flag colors that are in support of, of Ukraine and against Russia and their atrocities, where were you on the Apple products or c computer chips in general or any product coming from China? Where have you been on that? Where have you been on the Uyghur situation? Why are you still buying Apple products? Why are you still buying some of these other products that are made Nike, for example? Why are you still buying them that are made in sweatshops? Hypocrites. No, you're no, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. The thing that comes to mind here is China. What are you not hearing about China? Which, by the way, China, they're out today. Their foreign ministry, Xiao Lin or whatever his name is, he's out today saying the U.S. has a lot to answer for when it comes to human rights. They have a lot to answer for. You hear that? We, we've got a lot to answer for in the aspect of human rights. That's pretty rich. That's almost as rich as actually that's that's more rich than you saying uh, we demand uh, investigations into the U.S. bio labs in Ukraine. That's too rich. But Saudi Arabia says that they're talking about doing a deal in Yuan for oil. How? How are you going to do that? The U.S. took over the petrodollar because we had a rock solid, white hot burning economy behind it. People knew that when you invested in America, you invested in something that was stable, something that was solid, something that had long term guarantees. Do you have that with China? Well, if you watch the mainstream media, that is, if you can find anything on the mainstream media about China, then you might think, yeah, solid economy, right? World's largest are, well, on their way to being the world's largest. They're building a new coal fire plant every, I don't know, 20 minutes. Okay, maybe it's a solid investment. Is it? I don't know. I ran across an article today, again, from Zero Hedge. And this is what's not being talked about in China. They came up with a few bullet points here, and we're just going to go down through some of these. Because what did we say? Why are we going over this? Because of what this corroborates from what we've said and what we've heard from people that are in the know saying Q2 of 2022, they were saying this over the summer, Q2 of 2022, China will economically collapse. Q2. What do you have in China right now? Bruce, you've been talking about it for almost a week now. Lockdowns, right? Massive lockdowns. We talked again in the summer about how China's harvest had failed. They got 40%. They netted 40% of their harvest last year. They bought more grain from the United States within as many months, within the last few months, more than they've bought in the last three to four years. Now, why did they do that? They had massive flooding during the spring and summer. Their crop yields were at 40%. You can't feed 1.3 billion people or thereabouts on a 40% of a harvest. You just can't do it. We knew that there was going to be famine coming. On top of that, their property giants, the Evergrande, I, I think it's, was, was it the Evergrande? I think it's what it was. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Evergrande. Not to be confused with the Evergiven, which was the ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal. Yeah. Double check Evergreen, that I think. Was it was it Evergreen? I, I thought it was Evergrande. No, the ship that got stuck was oh, Evergreen. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the company was Evergreen. The ship was the Evergiven. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So anyway, how do you have a, a stable investment in a country where they've got these problems? They had their Lehman Brothers moment, right? Because I think China did a little bit more damage to their economy than what they were expecting initially. Do you remember when COVID actually happened? You remember Wuhan when they locked down, what was it, like 11 million people or whatever it was? They shut down the entire country. The CCP shut down the entire nation over there, everybody. The ports were shut down. The factories were shut down. Everything was shut down while they built up the fear. They cooked up the fear. And then once that went out to the world, everyone else was shut down. We're still shut down. And China's been open for business ever since. They thought by doing this, they could leapfrog the rest of the world, which for a time they did. We were looking at upwards of 11% losses here in the West while China was having double-digit gains. Well, that's cost them. Looking at this, the risk of World War III is the highest it's been since the Cuban Missile Crisis. Commodities hitting all-time highs every single day. Inflation set to hit 10% in a few months. And the Fed is looking to raise the, uh, the interest rates here soon, so that's going to throw the U.S. into um, uh, another scripted recession, more or less is what it's going to do. Uh, except for this time, I think it's going to be a little bit more than they bargained for. It's going to throw everything into a massive depression. But again, what are you not hearing about? China? Record outbreaks. You, you got something on that, Bruce? You, you want to say something on that before we get into this? Well, I just wanted to comment that they're they're going to get in uh, to your comment that they're, they're uh, 
I, I think they fully are aware of what's going to happen if they raise interest rates. And I think it's intentional because it yeah. fits in with the great yeah. reset. And, you know. Yeah, yeah. They've had 10 years to raise interest rates. And now all of a sudden, oh, we have to, we have to. Well, no, you can't raise interest rates and hope to stave off inflation. You're going to cause inflation by raising interest rates. In the middle, well, I mean, in the middle of a recession with inflation increasing already, you're going to raise interest rates in the middle of that. That's stupid. That's just, that's foolish unless you're looking to do it intentionally, as you just said. So China, right? China, because again, when was the last time you heard anything out of China? When was the last time you heard anything about it, uh, about China in the mainstream media, unless it was in a positive light? When was the last time you heard anything negative about what was going on in China? Have you ever heard of anything negative about China? Ever? Think about that. China's on the brink of the biggest COVID-19 crisis since the Wuhan cases. China's scrambling to address its most severe COVID-19 outbreak in two years. They're reporting a new wave is just surging over there. The country's had to introduce a zero COVID policy. Yeah, they're locking down entire cities. I think, what what do they have now? How many millions do they have in lockdown now? I saw the number today. It was 51 million. They've got 51 million people in lockdown right now in China. That's the size of England. I think 50, around 50 million is what they've got over there. Pretty sure. 51 million people. 16 provinces have reported new coronavirus infections, as did the four mega cities of Beijing, Tianjin, Shanghai, and Chongqing, which I heard that Shanghai is not actually under a lockdown yet. The Chinese government did announce that today. They're not under a lockdown yet. But Shenzhen, which is not on this list, Shenzhen is also in a lockdown. That is the Silicon Valley of China, is Shenzhen. You like your iPhones? You like, well, hell, you like your smartphones. That's where they come from. As a result of the latest COVID outbreak, China's government has shut down the city of Shenzhen, uh-huh, a city of 17 and a half million people known as China's Silicon Valley, and is restricting access to Shanghai by suspending bus services. All businesses except for those that supply food, fuel, and other necessities were ordered to close or work from home. That includes Foxconn. Again, that's the company that makes iPhones from Apple. You know, the place that has the suicide nets around it because the working conditions inside are so terrible? That one? Yeah. And since then, the port of Shenzhen, one of the world's busiest container ports, is now also locked down. So there's no trans-Pacific supply chains running. Just in time to get mixed up with the other transatlantic supply chains that are having problems. And of course, the Ukraine thing now, that's going to uh, that's going to cripple all the uh, all the seaborne traffic as well. So it's it's almost it's almost like they they plan to do this almost. But at the same time, China's got a lot of problems. See, they had a lot of problems that that they're trying to cover up. Again, the problems that were leading up to this, we called it. We weren't the only ones calling it, but we knew that when they would get to this point, they were going to have problems feeding people. We knew this. So what do you have now? You've got surging COVID cases all across China, right? Surging COVID cases. And what are they doing? They're employing the same measures that they did in the very beginning. They're sealing people up in buildings and they're not bringing them food because they don't have it. And then they have the gall to come out and publicly say on the world stage that the United States has a lot to answer for when it comes to human rights. Bit hypocritical, maybe just a little. Something to add to the uh, Evergrande situation. Yeah. So they that's are, their property. Um, that's their, their that's their property thing, and that's that's the whole ghost city thing. The people that were building the uh, the cities where no one would live. That's a subsidiary of Evergrande. So Evergrande, oh, there's it. Evergrande Group, which is uh, you know covered encompasses a bunch of things. Uh, but Evergrande property is the one that's uh, having the trouble with the, the uh, building it. and everything. They were just approved. Evergrande uh, New Energy Auto was just approved to sell EV. Uh, units in China. So uh, electric vehicles uh-huh. are being sold electric in China vehicles. by this Evergrande. Right. Uh, right. But sure. the, the company as a whole has uh, had the greatest tumble since 2008. You don't say. Um, yeah. The credit stress uh, for that company is basically, actually, this might be this is property in general, I think. I was going to get into the property sector and actually just how bad it is. It's it's really bad. It is. Uh, 2008, it looked like it was, uh, credit stress was 20, negative 20. Is it negative uh-huh. 20 or 20? I don't know. It's it, it's it, it, 20%. It, it, it's bad, in other words. So, yeah, I was getting ready uh, to say, so basically you're saying it's bad. It's really bad. That was, 
That was 2008. Now it is, I would say, 2730, somewhere in there. Uh-huh. Uh, percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's um, what, 50, 50% higher than it was in 2008? It's bad, basically, is what you're saying. It's, 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 it's bad. It, it's bad, yeah. That's not the only thing. Chinese stocks all across the board are now crashing. I heard yesterday that, or I actually read yesterday, that China's stock market essentially crashed. No one was talking uh, about that. that. Yeah, go ahead. To that Evergrande. Evergrande is actually down 15%. Oh, well, they've suspended trading in many instances. Do you remember, Bruce, you remember that, um, you, do you remember they had that little issue of, uh, I don't know, millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars they had to come up with? Do you remember that? And then they suspended yeah. trading on a Friday and then Monday morning, they just magically had no more assets that they needed to worry about because they were sent out to demolish 110 properties. You see, comrade, there was no asset there. <laughs> there, there was no debt there. What properties? What are you talking about? We, we didn't have any of those things. No, of course not. Yeah. Um, also, with Evergrande, going back a year, okay? One year ago, it was uh, their stock price was on the verge of hitting $2 USD. Currently, a year later, it is 15 cents USD. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. The Hang Seng, for those that don't know, that's their tech index. So all their tech companies are listed on one exchange. It's called the Hang Seng. The Hang Seng has plunged 61% since last year. Since this time, since its peak last year, 61% it's down. The NASDAQ Golden Dragon China Index of U.S. traded stocks is down 68% and could surpass its 72% crash in 08. It's on track to do that. Meanwhile, the U.S. and Chinese ADR collapses have amounted to 10% in a single day just this last Friday. That's the worst sell-off since 2008. The Security and Exchange Commission listed five Chinese companies at risk of delisting should they refuse to show their books to American auditors, which is causing panic, and it could possibly get them delisted and booted out of the Security and Exchange Commission. So fresh regulatory crackdowns by Beijing have escalated lately as policymakers proposed more curbs on online games. Earnings results so far have been unable to ease any worry about the growth outlook amid weakening consumer demand in China. Well, yeah, um, if you're locking everybody down and they don't have the ability to go to a job and they can't eat, yeah, they're not going to be spending money on things, on consumer goods. They're just not going to do it. The Hang Seng Tech Index is one of the world's worst performing tech gauges since the war in Ukraine broke out and has dropped 17% in the last 14 days. And you might think, well, 17%, that's that's not too much. In 14 days, that's the worst drop ever in a monthly track in China. That's not good. That is not good at all. And if that was, yeah, go on. You, you got something you want to say on that? Uh, I was just going to add in, because uh, I was looking at stocks and whatnot, uh, I was going to add in that um, currently the stocks are worse than they have been, uh, specifically for Evergrande. But then uh, I found this little blip uh, back in November of 2020. Their stock price actually hit zero. Uh-huh. Again, why are we not seeing this on the, the mainstream media? No, no, we're not seeing this at all. No, it's Russia, Ukraine, Russia, Ukraine, Russia, Ukraine, sanctions, 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 COVID. That's all you get to see. If the Russians, India, and Saudi Arabia all start uh, trading in the yuan, that will kind of stabilize it a bit. That'll help them out a bit uh, at, while tanking America at the same time. Why would all those countries not want that? Well, I think they would, but at the same time, it, it might do something in the short term, but it's not going to stop what's happening over there. It's not going to stop that at all. The economies that these other countries have, they're not faring much better. Putin's losing $20 billion a day. Even without the sanctions, he's losing $20 billion a day in Ukraine with the operation he's doing in there. And he can't stop now. But he's committed to it. It's too late. It, at least that's what we're being told. Well, that's what we're being told, losing. yeah. That's what we're being told. Yeah. Uh, but he's got that I, I resources also... to back it up with that he can sell off. So, I mean, it's, yeah. not, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, with that in mind, though, as well, uh, Great Reset. You have, to, you have to get all countries to the same level economically or close to it so that when you have a universal currency, not one country is going to drag down the entirety of the currency, right? And they're, they're all going it, to, it, it's equitable for the countries to be on fair, you know, level playing field. Yeah. And I agree with you. I, I, I agree with you on that statement. However, that all depends on whether or not these Western elites 
haven't been stabbed in the back yet, which they eventually will be if you continue to do business with these people. So next, well, you say, okay, crashing stocks, bad harvest and, you know, all that. Okay, what's that got to do with anything? And some tech company stocks, COVID cases. Okay, well, that's not going to stop the bond market, is it? Well, let's take a look. The Chinese junk bond market, which is closely linked to China's property sector, right? Junk bonds. Yeah, the uh, the ghost cities, yeah, it's junk bond, isn't it? That's what it is. It's worth nothing. Yeah, that's what it is. You send paint crews around to put 10 fresh coats of paint on a building that no one lives in 15 times a year. China's credit stress, which you talked about, this is in their bond sector, though, reached new extremes in the offshore U.S. dollar market, where average junk yields rose above 25%, meaning the primary market won't function properly anytime soon. Contagion has transformed stronger property developers into risky bets. Luxury property developer Shimao Group, which was once considered a bellwether for China's safer builders, has been slashed deep into junk from investment grade in a matter of months. The firm has been cut to triple C territory by Moody's investors, uh, excuse me, by Moody's investor service and Fitch. So Moody's and Fitch, you know the ratings agencies. Logan Group has also been downgraded on undisclosed debt and governance worries. Cracks are also showing up in China's government bond market. The yields on a 10-year sovereign note rose to 2.86%, the highest this year, as investors pointed to capital outflows. So let's look at their onshore credit stress level, right? Let's take a look at that. It was at level two in February, which was it was in level three in uh uh, in January. So it was, it actually went down. So that was actually, that, that means that's a good thing. That's, you know, it's, I need the Bernie Sanders thing. I still haven't put that on the board yet. That's a good thing. It's a perfect time to use that. So it was at level three in January, it dropped to level two, right? So yeah, stronger investments. Well, okay. Um, the credit, str- that was their onshore investments, their offshore investments. Well, let's take a look at that. Uh, their credit stress level was at a level six. That's as high as you can go, by the way. That was their bond market. Okay, so their bond market's in trouble now. No one wants to buy government bonds. Same thing in the U.S. You know, the U.S. held a bond auction. What was it? Um, I want to say it was like two bond auctions ago. Didn't sell a damn one. Didn't sell a one. No one wanted to buy the U.S.'s debt. Gee, I wonder why. Well, except for the Fed. Except for the Fed. Yeah, of course. They're the biggest buyer of U.S. debt because they actually create the debt, which is interesting. They, they create the debt and then they turn around and they buy it. How, how's that legal? Somebody please explain that to me. It's like me having a credit card company and then I give myself a credit increase and then I, I don't pay it. I just keep giving myself a credit increase, but I own the company. It's just, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Well, Nancy said that with the increase in debt, that's not having an effect on inflation, right? right? You yeah, just sure. keep spending and it, it'll right. help inflation. Well, it's, it also, it's, it's also the same concept as if I, I have a credit card. And, and I go out and I take a cash advance on the credit card at a very high interest rate. I say, oh, I'm going to use that cash that I just pulled to, to pay off the credit card. And then I'm just going to ask the company for, 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 a balance, uh, for, for the balance to be raised. It's, it's insanity. If I behave like that, I would be in jail and I should be. China's property sector crashing all the way around. You you went over the numbers in the property sector. It's bad. Yeah, it's it's bad. Their property industry has been rocked by 14 defaults, 14 by developers since authorities began cracking down on excessive borrowing and speculation in the housing market, uh, which is by the Evergrande, which is their largest. So unfortunately, the new measures that they've taken have yet to bear fruit. China's biggest developers are seeing home sales crater this year amid a market that is effectively frozen. And if you're shutting down the entire country because of COVID, meaning you can't feed your people, then you're not going to have people buying homes, are you? People aren't going to be buying properties. They're going to be figuring out how to stay alive is what they're going to do. And it's a little difficult to do when the government comes around and welds you into your home and then surrounds the area with mountains of gravel and razor wire. Little difficult to go out and buy a house. Similar situation in uh, Western uh, countries. We're not having the issue of, uh, you know, well, we have BlackRock and, you know, major hedge funds coming in and buying up the properties, causing a, a, a spike, a bubble, if you will, in property prices that hedge funds can afford, but the average individual cannot afford. Uh, and then if you try to sell your house, which I, I believe I mentioned yesterday, record number of houses on the market right now, over a million dollars. I don't know what it's like in the rest of the part of the country for you know the listener, but a million dollar home here in this part of the country is a mansion. You can get a, basically it's like 
about a hundred and hundred and eighty, two hundred thousand. You can get a nice two thousand, uh, two thousand two hundred square foot, roughly home. That's within the last ten years. So you know, decent price. Uh, and then if you go and take that house to I don't know California, um, that's a multi million dollar home. And then you got the taxes on top of that. You got problems in all the major property developers in China. That's all going bust. China's credit has a little bit of a problem as well. February credit data was weaker than expected after mortgage lending fell for the first time in over 15 years. After a record in January, China's credit expansion slowed in February as a long holiday and the slumping housing market meant people and companies borrowed less. The bank lent 1.2 trillion yuan, which is about $194 billion in the month of January, down from 4 trillion the year before which was a key indicator of home mortgages declining for the first time in at least 15 years. Right, so they've got a credit problem. And then, of course, you have other things that have happened overseas. They've got large investments in some other places around the world, namely places like Norway. Now, you might think, oh, well, you know, Norway doesn't have that big of a population. What kind of, kind of deal do they have over there? Norway has a $1.3 trillion sovereign wealth fund, which is the world's biggest. And they've got a, a sportswear company from China that they sell in Norway, and it's one of the largest. And it's called Li Ning. And the, see, they've got this little bit of a problem. They've shut that trade off. They've cut that out, the Norwegians. They, something about uh, ties to uh, Xinjiang, uh, some, something about Uyghurs and, and slave labor and, and things like that, something about that. And now you've got other countries that are talking about doing the same thing following Norway's lead. Because if you've got the, lar the world's largest sovereign wealth fund cutting off business with China in one of their largest clothing developers or clothing manufacturers, whatever, clothing producers, because of the genocide of the Uyghur Muslims using slave labor in those in those prison camps, well then, what's to stop other companies from doing that? What's to stop other countries from doing that? Because if you've got the world's largest, well, I mean, if they can do it, why can't everybody else, right? Norway's sovereign funds offloading of Li Ning's is triggering some worries about the attitude over Chinese and Hong Kong stocks in the future. The news on Wednesday sent China's CSI 300 index tumbling for the sixth day in a row, the longest losing run since March of 2020, and the Hang Seng index finished at its lowest since July of 2016. The CSI 300 has now lost 27% from a peak about a year ago, fueled by a slump in China's property market and the COVID zero policy. Sentiment sourced further on Wednesday as Norway's $1.3 trillion sovereign wealth fund announced its exclusion of Li Ning Company due to the risk that the sportswear maker contributes to serious human rights violations in Xinjiang. And then that's funny, you, you've got China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs, they're, they're out today saying that America has a lot to answer for when it comes to human rights. <laughs> Bruce is laughing and shaking his head. <laughs> it's funny how they just flip everything around, huh? It's just, it's funny how they do that. Remember, Saul Alinsky, accuse your opposition of that which you are guilty. The move stoked worries about the potential retreat of other long-term investors. And Li Neng has plunged 9%. And there's more. This goes on and on and on. But unfortunately, in the interest of time, we really don't have the ability to, to continue on with this. But China's foreign bond market is in a real world of hurt. Real world of hurt. Overseas investors sold a net of $5.5 billion of Chinese government bonds in February. That might not seem like a lot, but when it comes to government bonds, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of bonds. That was the largest monthly cut on record and the first reduction since March of 2020. According to Bloomberg, their holdings fell to 2.48 trillion yuan from a record of 2.52 trillion in January. And then, of course, you're talking about market contraction on top of that, because if you're looking at supply chain disruption, then, of course, the market's going to contract against that, isn't it? And then if you've got the energy sector, which they were having problems with the energy sector, they got rolling blackouts all across China now. That's been an ongoing thing, even though they're burning coal like it's going out of style, you know, because that, that's good for the earth, apparently. It's OK when they do it, but it's OK. Got, they, they have a new uh, electric vehicle market. Oh, right. Right. It's, yeah. How, how are you going to charge that? The hopes and dreams, I guess. But again, I, we could sit here, we could go on and on about that. But uh, unfortunately, we don't have the time. Uh, you got anything to, to recap with all this? Uh, we will have this article is posted up on our Telegram page for anybody that wants to go and see it. Um, Zero Hedge did a uh, did a great job putting all this stuff together. Uh, and it goes on and on and on uh, about other things that uh, that they've 
uh, that they're they're likely going to be dealing with this year. But uh, and there are some things that are not even listed in here. Uh, for example, the uh, the amount of food shortages that they're going to have in China that's not mentioned in here. That's not listed at all. Uh, and then of course the things about the energy sector that's not listed in here either. Uh, they were talking though about the markets, trade, and and things like that. Okay, fine. You know the property markets and and all that stuff, which all play a part in this. But uh, there are two other things in there that they didn't they didn't mention. But it was a great article that they did a great breakdown of these things. There's trading that they're, they're talking about with like uh, the ruble and the yuan and all that stuff. And I'm not going to get down into all that because it's just a lot of numbers and data points and everything else. But um, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, I would um, just encourage people to ensure you have some food stored up. Um, you know, things may get rough here in the uh, coming months financially. Pay off as much of your debt as you can. Also, keep in mind, though, technically, this probably isn't the best thing to to, worry, to uh, plan for. But let's say you have a mortgage on a house and uh, uh, it's a fixed rate. Um, you know, if inflation does happen and the, the, the value of the dollar starts to depreciate and all of that, your your debt doesn't actually change. It's still the same amount. So when there's a surplus of money, you can pay that property off pretty easily. Um, that's not saying you should, you know, plan for that, but that's saying that um, things are going to get interesting is basically what that's going to. Uh, so, yeah, have some food, have uh, some some means of either growing your own food to supplement or uh, know how to get a hold of some meat uh, and you know, vegetables and whatnot. On that point, we're now in the middle of March. Now is the time. If you're going to do a garden, now's the time to get it planted right now. Right now is the time you should be getting the ground ready and getting it in. Because if you want it to have a nice yield come middle of summer, then this is the time you want to put it in. So anyway, uh, it's not like the you know not, not like the people at uh, at uh, at Chaz in uh, in Seattle that planted one and they thought it would grow overnight. You know they just got some some stuff and they just threw they threw some seeds down and some dirt and they thought, well, what? where's the tomatoes the next you, day? You you mean it's not like Minecraft and you can't you can't plant it and it's not no. ready within a few hours? No, uh. no, unfortunately not. No, it doesn't work like that. On that point, uh, I did talk to. Um, I did talk to Marty today on the phone, and he will be on this week. He'll be on at the end of this week is his usual time. I said we would be spending our time talking about the events of the day as as he sees it. We're not going to plan anything out, really. Uh, but I did run something past him, and we've talked about this in the past before. We're going to talk about preparedness. Now is really it's the it's past time to prepare for certain things, chief among which were the things you were just mentioning. So we're going to be talking this week about preparedness with Marty. And we're going to be talking about steps you need to be taking now. And now's as good a time as any. It is a little bit late for certain things, but that's okay. We still have a usable, workable supply chain, and we still have a manageable monetary system at the moment. So it is still within your ability to plan accordingly. Again, we're going to be doing that later on this week. So really looking forward to that. We are going to have to go. For those of you who would like to send us some feedback, we would love to hear from you. Please do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're hearing? We love having you as a listener. We would really appreciate it if you would pass this along to five friends. If you know somebody you're trying to wake up, know somebody that you're trying to get the correct information to, we would appreciate it if you would send them our way. So I want to thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.